Henry, what on earth are you wearing? My exercise gear, Bill, old thing. I'm on my way to my regular morning class during the lockdown. It's a... a... leotard, Henry. Yes, rather fetching, don't you think? Fetching? I'm retching, Henry. You're 83. Well, I'm getting into much better shape thanks to these yoga classes. Yoga? In Hornet Heaven? Who's doing the teaching? Ben Foster. What? Uh, how? Oh, Fozzie doesn't realise he's running the class, you silly old sausage, Bill. What I do is I go back to a game from earlier this season and, while he's stretching and bending during a break in play, I stand behind him right up close and copy what he's doing. You should join me, Bill. Um, no. No, thank you, Henry. I'm rather busy working on other ways of keeping the residents of Hornet Heaven entertained while there's no fresh football to watch. Well, if you ask me, old chap, there's not much that gets the morning off to a better start than a good eyeful of Ben Foster with his legs akimbo. Especially if he's wearing his kit with the red shorts. But each to his own, Bill. Each to his own. Hornet Heaven Series 12, Episode 3 that's Entertainment. Written by Ollie Wicken. Read by Colin Mace. Earth Season 2019-20. And there we are, everybody. That brings us to the end of the first episode of Crime Files, my new documentary tour for the lockdown, re-examining historic misdemeanours at old Watford matches. Thanks, Bill. Cheers, Bill. No problem. Cheers, Bill, mate. Good on you, Bill. Great stuff, Bill. You're very welcome. Here, Bill. Why did you only take us back to look at refereeing crimes? We know all about those. I go back and watch terrible decisions by Rob Stiles or Lee Prober all the time. Whenever I want to get me blood up. Don't worry, Frank. I've got plenty more episodes of Crime Files lined up, and they aren't just about referees. You'll particularly like the next one, given your other passion... I've asked Henry Grover to prepare a documentary tour on kit crimes. Oh, I love a disgusting shirt. Oh, oh, oh. To be fair, Frank, I think Henry intends it as a cautionary study of aesthetic missteps in the field of shirt design, not as pornography. Oh. 1990s goalkeeper's shirts. <laughs> Raw filth. Oh, goodness, Frank. I hope you're not one of those deviants who relishes the perversion of Watford playing in red shorts instead of black. Oh, oh, the real gorgeous depravity is yellow shorts. Oh, truly sickening. <laughs> oh, oh. Yes, well, 
Uh, luckily, I'm preparing documentary tours on other topics that aren't so uh, personally invigorating. In the next few days, there'll be a crime files on former owners of the club and an extended crime files special on Marlon King. I hope to see you then. Right, what was I doing next? Oh, yes, uh, back to the office. Oh, uh, excuse me, Bill. Have you got a moment? Oh, uh, hello. Um, will this be quick? I'm not sure. I... I've got all kinds of things I need to get on with, you see. The suspension of the football season has left a huge hole in people's afterlives, and it forced me to keep coming up with new ways to fill the gap, and, uh... <clears throat> sorry, sorry, I'm burdening you with my own problems. How can I help? Oh, thank you. Well, I arrived up here last week, you see. Um, my name's Stuart. Stuart? Yes, I remember giving you your orientation. How are you finding Hornet Heaven, Stuart? Did you enjoy the Crime Files tour just now? Well, to be honest, Bill, I, uh, I'm hoping it helped people. The idea was to let them vent their frustrations while there's no new football. I thought they'd find it cathartic to go back and scream at Roger Milford when he sent off Wilf Rostron and hurl abuse when John Hunting let Andy Gray head the ball out of Steve Sherwood's hands. <laughs> Did it work for you? To tell the truth, Bill, it... It didn't. No. Oh. Well, that's a shame. Well, there are plenty of other things I'm working on. There's another of my Four Seasons chat shows tonight, and we're starting a series of lectures tomorrow night. Please, Bell, can I speak? Sorry. I'm uh, gabbling. I'm probably a bit stressed. Uh, go ahead. Thank you. You see, I went back to watch the refereeing crimes because... Because I was hoping I'd feel... Go on. I'm sorry. This is really difficult. It's fine, Stuart. You can talk to me. Well, the thing is... Down on Earth, Bill, I did something bad. Something I need to discuss with someone. So I was hoping... Can I have a chat with you sometime? Somewhere quieter than this. Of course... If you need the time, I'll find it. I just need to go and check how young Derek's getting on with preparing the lecture series. But after that, why don't you come along to the programme office in about ten minutes? OK. Thanks, Bill. That's kind of you. Thanks. Oh, it's good to be back in the peace and quiet of the office. Oh, there you are, sir. How did your crime files tour go, sir? Yes, uh, pretty well, I think. Thank you, my boy. So, no one noticed it was just a re-skinning of one of your magical history tours, sir. Reimagining would be a kinder word, young man. Rehashing would be more accurate, sir. Now, listen, my boy. How are preparations going for the lecture series? We've told everyone it starts tomorrow, and it's coming along nicely, sir. Mr Grover has submitted a talk, sir. Oh, excellent news. That means we're ready for launch. We've got the obligatory natty title, the lockdown lectures, and now we've got the father of the club as our inaugural speaker. It's a relief to have it sorted. What's his talk going to be about, by the way? 
He's called it, sir, the supremacy of red shorts, sir. What? No. He can't. What's wrong with that, sir? Isn't it obvious, my boy? He'll be spouting his vile propaganda on the single most contentious issue among Watford fans. I can't let him get away with that. Red shorts belong on a crime files tour. Oh, dear. We'll have to cancel the first lecture. How embarrassing. Well, uh, uh, maybe I can save the day, sir. You see, I've been working on something else, sir. I've been doing my own research for a talk, sir. Oh, good. That sounds promising, Derek. What's the topic? The definitive history of sendings off at Watford Football Club since 1881, sir. The history of sendings off? That's something I've never explored before. Will it make a good lecture? There have been 161 dismissals in our history to date, sir. The first was on December the 10th, 1898. Three players have been sent off on their debuts. We've ended up with nine men on 11 occasions. Nice stats, my boy. And there's some interesting crossover there with the refereeing crimes tour I just gave. We went back to one of those nine men matches at home to Blackburn in 2001 when Robert Page and Heide Helgerson got their marching orders from that nasty little Hitler, Rob Stiles. I found a topical connection to the subject too, sir, in these days of the coronavirus, sir. Even better. How so, my boy? Look at this line graph I've drawn, sir. It shows the number of Watford players sent off each decade since 1881, sir. The numbers are very low at first, sir. None in the 1880s and two in the 1890s. The curve stays low for several more decades, sir, growing to ten dismissals in the 1980s. Then, boom, sir! 34 red cards in the 1990s, sir. Exponential growth, sir. It's like a coronavirus graph, sir. Golly, and look, it's still going up. 44 in the 2000s and 47 in the 2010s. This curve definitely needs flattening or we won't have any players left on the pitch. See, sir, it is interesting, isn't it, sir? It would make a brilliant lecture, sir. This sounds great, Derek. Can it be ready for tomorrow night? It would need a natty title, of course. Have you thought of one? A history of violence, sir. Ah, oh, really? It's a great angle, sir, and I think the talk should be given by Hornet Heaven's resident expert on foul play of all kinds, sir. Lamper, sir. A hooligan would really bring the subject to life, sir. I'm not sure. That's. I'm thinking Lamper could offer extremely insightful analysis, sir, of Hyder Helgerson's karate kick on the Blackburn Defender in 2001, sir. Or Alan Smart steaming in fists first, sir, on that Tranmere player in 1999, sir. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's really not... Come on, sir. Live a little, sir. Over the years, there's been some brilliant knuckle on the pitch, sir. What did you say? Knuckle? I've been learning the lingo, sir, so I can write the talk for Lamper. Did you know that the club's first top boy, as it were, sir, was Albie Sharp, sir, in the 1890s? He was sent off twice before any other Watford players got started, sir. Derek, this isn't... I've been back to watch Albie Sharp's first sending off, sir, when he lays into Chesham's centre forward at Cassio Road in 1898, sir. Hello. Excuse me. It starts out as handbag, sir. 
But then Albie goes in windmilling, sir. He starts handing out a right smacking, sir. And sorry, excuse me. Stuart, perfect timing. Come on in and let's have that chat. Derek, would you mind? Stuart and I need some privacy, young man. Could you? No problem, sir. Shall I go and find Lamper, sir, and ask him to deliver the lecture, sir? Oh, dear, now you're putting me on the spot, young man. Well, I suppose it would mean we don't have to cancel the launch tomorrow. OK, go on then, my boy. But you'd better pad out your school trousers with a few programmes in case Lamper starts swinging his Dr Martins in your direction. Don't be silly, sir. Lamper will feel humbled, sir, that we're asking him to give our inaugural lecture, sir. See you later, sir. Right, sit yourself down, Stuart, and let's have that chat. Thanks. Don't hesitate to say whatever's on your mind. You were rather quiet and withdrawn at your orientation, I remember, but feel free to speak up about anything. Whatever's the matter, you can tell me. Thanks, Bill. Well, the thing is, I've been struggling with something ever since I arrived. You see, I'm... I'm not sure I should be here, Bill. Oh, dear, you're not a secret hatter, are you? No, no, it's not that. Or one of those referees from the Crime Files tour intent on destroying Watford Football Club. Nothing like that. I'm an ordinary Watford fan. What I mean is I don't think I deserve to be here. Goodness, that's a deeply troubling thing to be thinking for the rest of eternity. Yes, which is why I came to you. You see, I need to know, what are the rules about whether you're allowed into Hornet Heaven? Oh, well, that's easy to answer. There's only one rule. If you love the Orns, with all your heart, you arrive in this paradise when you pass away. Right, but this is a heaven, so surely you have to be a good person to get in, don't you? I mean, can someone arrive in Hornet Heaven if they've done something bad? Well, Neil McBain's here, and he managed them from up the road. You can't get much worse than joining those dirtbags. OK. That is bad, but but what if someone has done a bad thing to other people in the name of the club, Bill? Isn't that worse? Shouldn't that disqualify someone from being in Hornet Heaven, morally? I don't think so. I mean, down on earth, Lamper, our chief steward, broke a lot of people's teeth in the name of Watford Football Club, and Lamper's been up here for years. Unfortunately. Right, so I won't be sent away to some kind of Hornet hell. No. Absolutely not. There's no chance of that. OK, that's a relief. Though I still feel a bit... Keep going, Stuart. If there's anything you want to get off your chest, you can tell me in the strictest confidence. It wouldn't go any further. Of all the souls in Hornet Heaven, I'm the soul of discretion. OK. In that case, I'll tell you how... Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Bill. I'm not ready. That's fine, Stuart. Take all the time you need. I'll be here to listen when you do feel ready to talk. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. I'll... I'll come and see you another time. Very interesting. It sounds like there's a story there. In fact, where's my pen? Idea for a reality show. Hornets with hidden pasts.
And that's your lot for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Eternal good wishes, everyone. Eternal good wishes. And I'll see you next time for another edition of Four Seasons. Another triumph, Bill. Congratulations. I wish I could bottle that stage charisma of yours. Then I could splash it on liberally before I go out and give the first lockdown lecture tomorrow night. Ah, I need to have a word with you about that, Henry. I'm afraid a lecture on the supremacy of red shorts will be a little too, um... How can I put this? Divisive for the audience. What? But the whole point of a lecture is to state facts, Bill which means that people who prefer black shorts will just have to suck up the truth of the situation and accept that they're wrong. I'm sorry, Henry, but you're rejecting my lecture. It was a difficult editorial decision, but I've made it. Ha! Ha! Then I shall get my message to the people through another medium, Bill Mainwood. Ah, yes, I know. I shall give the people theatre. Entertainment and erudition for the lockdown. Far better than a trashy chat show. I'll write a play. Henry, Hornet Heaven residents don't need you ramming your red shorts down there. Don't try to censor me, Bill. I'll write a play called Sense and Sensibility about two brothers. One of them, who'll be called Bill, is sensible and reserved. He prefers black shorts. The other, who'll be called Henry, is flamboyant and expressive. He prefers red. Henry, I know the lack of football is driving everyone a bit mad, but the character called Bill, the sense of the title, will lead a miserable, colourless existence in thrall to black shorts, while the character called Henry, the sensibility of the title, will be freed by his love of red shorts and finding lifelong fulfilment in beauty, in passion, and in yellow and black piping down the seams. Henry, this is... You watch. If this doesn't convert everyone to the red shorts cause, I don't know what will. Good day to you, Bill Mainwood. Oh, dear. This is all getting rather out of hand. Help, Bill. Huh? Oh, hello. You probably don't recognise me, Bill. I'm always wearing a Watford shirt these days, you see, but I'm the fellow who arrived in Hornet Heaven a couple of years back wearing a... Yes, I remember, wearing full refereeing kit. I mean, how could I not recognise you with those milk bottle glasses? <laughs> it's standard issue for referees everywhere, I should imagine. Anyway, <clears throat> how are you? I'm Grum Bill. You helped me settle in, you see, so I were wanting to come over and thank you. It took me a while to come to terms with the guilt I were feeling, for having been a referee, but eventually... Sorry, excuse me for interrupting. You felt guilt? By heck, not half. Eats away at Amanda's guilt. You can't let it fester. Interesting. You see, there's a new arrival called Stuart, who... Everyone needs to let go of their guilt. For ages I went around on it, ever introducing myself like I was at a referee's anonymous support group. You know, hello, I'm Alan, and I'm a referee. Admitting it to everyone really helped. At first I was spat at a lot, and punched, and I were put in a headlock. 
and I took several kicks to the... Uh, but you're saying you got over your guilt and you're happy now. Aye. It felt like I were confessing my sins and received absolution. Goodness. Thank you, Alan. You've just given me an idea. Thank you very much. Good morning, my boy. Crikey, sir. You're all flushed and sweating, sir. Just like Mr Grover after a Ben Foster yoga class, sir. Is that where you've been, sir? Definitely not, young man. As a matter of fact, I've been hard at work on a small construction project down Occupation Road. These are busy times. Really, sir? What have you... But I've come back to see whether we'll all go for the launch of our lectures tonight. How's it looking, Derek? Oh, not good, I'm afraid, sir. I couldn't find Lamper yesterday, sir. Apparently he was busy on something he's created to entertain people during the lockdown, sir. Him too? Well, the more the merrier, I suppose. There really does seem to be an insatiable demand at the moment for, um... What's the word? Uh, content. What's Lamper's idea, my boy? I've heard he's offering to take groups of people back to local derbies in the 1970s and 80s, sir. It's called A Scrapping Safari, sir. Natty title. Nice. I'm going to go and look for him again later this morning, sir, to get him to agree to give my lecture, sir. Well, you'd better make sure he does agree, my boy. We haven't got anything else to fall back on. Except that... What if I gave the lecture, sir? I know I'm only young, but... Goodness, you? With your voice? That would be unlistenable, young man. Horrific! your pardon, sir? If you're the alternative, we definitely need Lamper. In fact, go and find him straight away. You... You don't like my voice, sir? Quick, Derek. Off you go. I'll see you back here. In the meantime, I'm going to go and put my new construction to good use. Ah, oh, there you are, Stuart. I've been looking for you. How are you this morning? To be honest, I'm still a bit well. I'm feeling... Yeah, I might want that chat you offered, Bill. No problem. Any time you like. And I've got somewhere much better than my office. Oh, right. Where? My hut. Really? The Bill Mainwood Programme Hut is in Hornet Heaven. That brings back a few memories. I used to love getting programmes from you, Bill. I'd spend ages browsing old aways and old friendlies, trying to find something I hadn't already got. Lovely. We can go there now, if you like. I've rebuilt the hut on Occupation Road. I hadn't been using it for a while. Come on, follow me. The hut's just down the slope here, Stuart. What you won't realise is that while you were still on Earth, it's had quite a varied existence in Hornet Heaven. How do you mean? Well, it did start out as the Bill Mainwood Programme Hut, but in recent times it's been the Bill Mainwood 360-degree cinema, the Bill Mainwood Man Cave, the Bill Mainwood Tattoo Parlour, and the Bill Mainwood Marriage Guidance Hut. OK. 
Today, though, I've put it back to a use it had during Walter Mazzari's spell as manager, when Watford fans were suffering a lot of very troubling introspection. Here we are. I've repainted the sign, you'll notice. The Bill Meanwood Confession Booth. That's right. Let's step inside. It's nothing fancy, just a couple of chairs and a curtain to pull across the middle. It was a very effective environment last time. It helped people's well-being. They felt a lot better for getting things off their chest. So are you saying I've sinned? Not necessarily, Stuart, not yet anyway. But to be fair, after you went on the refereeing crimes tour, you did ask me whether people deserve to be in Hornet Heaven if they've done bad things. Yeah, that's true. I... Come on, give it a go. Well-being and emotional resilience matters, Stuart. Whatever you say will stay within these four walls. That's why I've rebuilt the hut as a confessional, as a commitment to your privacy. It's a safe space. OK. I'll give it a go. Good. You sit on that chair, Stuart, and I'll sit on this one. Right. Now, I'll just... Derek! I need to hide, sir. Lampers after me, sir. But this is a private... I'll hide under your chair, sir. Oh, it's like this, sir. Don't mind me, sir. You carry on, sir. Oh, dear. Sorry about this, Stuart. It didn't go at all as I expected, sir. I asked Lamper to do the lecture, sir, and he hated the idea, sir. He swore at me and took a swing at me, sir. He said I'd better do a runner, sir, or he'd have me under manners, sir. Then he started chasing me, sir. I'll be all right here, sir. Won't I, sir? Well, I'm worried that this is rather a breach of confidentiality, my boy. But you can't throw me out, sir. He said he'll boot me in my little schoolboy teeth, sir. Well, um, Stuart, would you mind awfully if Derek uh, sits in on your confession? I, I don't know. I, I, I suppose not. Excellent, thank you. Just let me draw the curtain across the middle. And now we're ready. Right. Watford be in your heart and upon your lips, my son, that you may truly and humbly confess your sins. Okay. Well, Bill and Derek, it all started when I was seven in 1980 in a game against them from up the road. Back when we always lost 1-0. It was one of the games on your tour yesterday. Malcolm Poskett scored. We went mental on the terrace because we'd scored against the filth. But when we looked back at the pitch, the ref had disallowed it. Not for a foul by us. For a foul by them. He gave us a free kick instead of a goal. We couldn't believe it. Alan Seville, the ref's name was. I remember the headline on the match report said, The Barbarous Seville. He'd wronged Watford. I was just a kid at the time and... Well, I... I took it hard. Sir, sir. Shh, Derek. Remember Alan Seville, sir? A tiny little man, sir, with fat white legs, sir. He was a nut... Shh, Derek. Do keep going, please, Stuart. After that, there was Roger Milford. Oh, God, sir, another utter... Derek, keep quiet. 
Milford sent Wilf Ruston off before the cup final, then he gave Liverpool a penalty when Ian Rush obviously dived. And I realised referees were ruining my life. It was terrible. The crimes against Watford were building up over the years. Years and years of Watford never winning a major trophy. And I could see it was the referee's fault. All their fault. Sir, sir, I can see where this confession is going, sir. He's going to take revenge, sir. This is going to be brilliant, sir. Then, last summer, I'd get my diagnosis. Nine months to live. Oh, dear, I'm sorry. Well, it's a shark, and the whole thing gets to me a bit, I guess. And the game at Spurs in October sets me off. Deli Alley handles the ball before he scores and it goes to VAR on the big screen and VAR disallows the goal and we celebrate. But suddenly the ref's giving the goal anyway. Well, I can't take it any more. Suddenly I want to take revenge. Revenge on every referee that has ever wronged me. See, sir, I told you, sir. Oh, dear. Carry on, Stuart. Well, I realise I need a plan, a good one, something satisfying. Revenge has to be satisfying, but before that, I track down every referee that's ever cheated Watford. I know all their names, obviously, because I can never forget what they did. And I know where they live, roughly anyway, because it always said in the programme, in brackets, after their names. You know, Rob Stiles, brackets, Waterlooville. Yes, that's ingrained in my mind, too. Mine too, sir. Clive Thomas, brackets, Trilkey, sir. Keith Hackett. Brackets, Sheffield, sir. Exactly. Anyway, at this point I'm thinking about all the things I could do to them. Simple, brutal violence, or maybe some kind of medieval torture. This is tremendous, sir. He's going to pull out Stuart Atwell's fingernails, sir. But in the end I decide I don't want to hurt them physically. I want to hurt them exactly like they've hurt me. Psychologically. So what I do is I come up with something that targets the psychological weakness every referee has. Wait! The weakness, Mr Stewart, sir? Are you suggesting there's only one? No. What I'm saying is they all want to be the centre of attention, don't they? Crikey! That's so true, Mr Stewart, sir. Absolutely it is. Do you remember on the tour yesterday, Stewart? There was Roger Milford, fresh from the tanning salon preening his mullet. And don't forget Michael Oliver, sir, with his theatrical squat and point to the penalty spot, sir. Yes, what an utter... Sorry, Stuart, I think we've slipped out of the appropriate mood for a confession. That's all right. The whole confession thing was a bit... Just telling you the story is working for me. Is it all right if I come out and listen properly in that case, Mr Stuart, sir? Yeah, no problem. Oh, thank you, Mr Stuart, sir. Budge up in your chair, sir. And we don't need this curtain. So anyway, referees have all got massive egos and that's how I decide to get to them. I write them all a letter, telling them there's going to be a referee's hall of fame and they're going to be in it. <laughs> that's genius, Mr Stewart, sir. Yes, that's very good. But it's a scam letter, pretending it's from the F.A., the whole idea is a fake. <laughs> brilliant, sir, brilliant. And the refs love it. They fall for it hook, line and sinker. 
It's all, look at me, look at me, with referees, and I invite them to a drinks reception at a posh London hotel. You know, a black tie job, penguin suits. I tell them it's an induction ceremony. I can afford it because I've only got a few months to live, you see. I'm putting the money to good use, the way I see it. But I don't get it, Stuart. The referees will love all this, won't they? What's the scam? I'm coming to that. So all the referees turn up. Last month this happens, and they all think everything's going to be great. Just like all Watford fans do, until monsters like these keep refereeing our games, Mr Stewart, sir. Exactly. But what I haven't told them is that I'm making them sit a written exam. A really easy test on the laws of the game. For legal reasons, I tell them to prove they deserve their place in the Hall of Fame. And then I hand out the exam papers. Ha! Did you print out the questions in large enough type for them, Mr Stewart, sir? (laughs) (laughs) They probably needed the questions in Braille. I didn't go that far, but I gave the refs questions they could all get right, and they did get them right. And when they'd done the exam, I took all their answer papers and made them wait for a bit. (laughs) What did they do while they waited? I'm picturing them feeding canapes to their guide dogs. (laughs) This is great, Mr Stewart, sir, but I still don't know what the scam is. Nor do they, until I come back and make an announcement. I stand up in front of them and say, Gentlemen, before tonight's induction begins, I have the results of your exam. Well, they're all cheering because they know they've got all the answers right. The questions were really, really easy, and I say, I'm sure you'll be pleased to hear that everyone got the same mark in tonight's exam. What? So they've passed. How is this a scam? Of course, there's a load more cheering. They're clinking their drinks and everything, and then I say, but I have to report that the mark you all got wasn't enough. None of you have reached the required standard. None of you will be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, so you lie about the results. I make a wrong decision, just like they did as referees, on the basis of nothing, without giving any sort of explanation. (laughs) Brilliant, Mr Stewart, sir. (laughs) Isn't karma a bitch, sir? (laughs) Language, though, Derek. Well, the announcement gets a bit of a reaction. The referees don't take it at all well. They're all shouting and protesting that it's not fair. Ha! Serves them right, Mr Stewart, sir. So I just say to them, My decision is final. Oh, that's very nice. And that just makes them argue even more. So I say, No dissent, please, gentlemen. (laughs) Lovely. The whole place is in mayhem. One of them climbs up on a table in his penguin suit. He wants to say something, but it's too noisy. He reaches in his pocket and pulls out a whistle and blows it, and suddenly it's silent. So I just point to him and say, nice and calm. Who's the wanker in the black? Oh, (laughs) perfect, Mr Stewart, sir. (laughs) Naughty, naughty. Anyway, security's rushing into the room at this point. There's fighting, there's glasses shattering, so I just walk away and leave. I don't say a thing. I mean, I really want to explain to them why I've done it to them, the years of hurt, how much they deserve it, but in the end I realise it's best to say nothing. Best to destroy their dreams unfairly, with no explanation whatsoever. 
to do unto them as they've done unto me. <laughs> the perfect ending, sir. Superb. Bravo, Mr Stewart, sir. Bravo. Derek, you're not meant to clap a confession. But it wasn't really a confession in the end, sir, was it, sir? I mean, what did you actually do wrong, Mr Stewart, sir? Well, the police asked me a few questions afterwards, but they let me go with a caution. I hadn't actually broken any laws. Then I don't get it. Why are you questioning whether you should be in horny heaven? Why do you think you've done something bad? Because I'd only wanted to frustrate the referees, you see, but it worked out much worse for them than I'd planned. The riot with security got a bit out of hand. You know those referees we saw on that tour of yours yesterday? Two ended up with broken noses, three were charged with a fray, and six were charged with criminal damage. Ha! Sweet, sweet justice, sir. But that's their own fault, Stuart. It was their responsibility to control themselves. I hadn't meant them to end up in prison. I've felt really awful ever since. Well, there's no need, Stuart. You're blameless, my friend, and my decision is final. This is my confessional booth, and you are absolved of all wrongdoing. Really? I definitely do feel a lot better for telling the story. Are you sure it wasn't a bad thing I did? It was a brilliant thing, Mr Stewart, sir. You shouldn't feel guilty. You should feel proud of what you did, Mr Stewart, sir, on behalf of all Watford fans everywhere. Well, my boy, we definitely helped Stuart there. But we need to get back to work. We're still no closer to having a lecture ready for tonight. Oh, hello, Henry. What are you doing in our office? I've been conducting research, Bill, using one of Derek's books, and I've found something very interesting. Tell me, Bill, would you agree that Graham Taylor is Watford's greatest ever manager? Yes, of course I would. And would you agree, Bill, old thing, that the decisions he made changed this club unarguably for the better? Yes, of course I would. Excellent, because you see, Bill, Graham Taylor was Watford manager for 14 seasons, and for the last 12 of those seasons he had us playing in red shorts. Ipso facto, Bill, playing in red shorts is unarguably better. I'm glad you agree with me. Golly. I'd never looked at it like that. Crikey, sir, I think he's got you there, sir. You can't argue with the great man's choices for the club, sir. And twelve out of fourteen seasons proves without doubt which side of the debate he's on, sir. Absolutely, Derek, my boy. It's conclusive proof of the supremacy of red shorts. You know, Bill, I think you should give a lecture on this new revelation. May he? Yes, Bill, you. I even have a natty title for you, since you like natty titles. It'll be called Everything I Know is Wrong by Bill Mainwood. Ha! Ha! Good day to you, Bill Mainwood. Oh, dear. I'm a bit stuck now, aren't I, my boy? How do you mean, sir? I don't know what to do. 
I've either got to cancel the launch of our lectures or acknowledge the truth that I've been wrong about black shorts all this time. Either way, I'll be humiliated. Crikey, sir. Admitting you're wrong about black shorts would be a massive confession, sir. Much more than Stuart's turned out to be just now, sir. Yes. His was just a cracking story, really, in the end. Absolutely, sir. I loved it, sir. He cunningly tricked the evil villains so he could carry out his vengeance, sir. The story should have been called The Hornet Sting, sir. That's natty. It really was a ripping yarn, sir. Golly, that's natty too. Thank you, Derrick. What? What for, sir? For saving my bacon, young man. Come with me. We've got a show to put on. Are you ready, sir? Of course. I'm getting to be an old hand at this sort of thing. Five seconds, sir. How about you, Stuart? Bit nervous, but... Three, two, and we're live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another new Hornet Heaven chat show for the lockdown. Ripping Yarns! The End That's Entertainment was written and produced by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was performed by Watford fan Colin Mace. Music by Steve Joy and Watford fan Jeff Wicken. The next episode of Hornet Heaven will be Series 12, Episode 4, My Life Story. <laughs>